Metro TV, give us about one minute, please. Thank you. Good afternoon. This is uh, the meeting of the Labor and Economic Development Committee. It is Tuesday, March 7th. The time is... 3.07. Uh, 3.07. All right. We're running a couple minutes behind, so... Uh, but hopefully we will have an enlightened conversation and we won't need the entire hour. Uh, Madam Clerk, can you read uh, the preamble to why this is both a virtual and non-virtual meeting? Yes, this meeting is being held pursuant to KRS 61.826 and Council Rule 5A, read in full. Okay, thank you. We don't have any agenda items to vote on today, but we do have a, uh, a special presentation, and it's regarding Advanced Manufacturing and Information Technology Center updates. And we have Dr. Renee Wagner and Dr. Nikki Cobb of Jefferson Community and Technical College, better known as JCTC. They're gonna do a presentation and then we will take some questions. So with that, if you just, again, introduce yourself for the record and then uh, please proceed, thank you. Thank you, I'm Renee Wagner, Vice President of Academic Affairs. And I am Nikki Cobb and I am the Associate Vice President for Workforce Solutions. Well, thank you for the opportunity to speak with you all. I was at Jefferson um, before the Amit building was constructed, um, but it was in concept when I was here. And, but I do want to thank the Metro Council because you all were very instrumental in us being able to have this building. Um, how many of you have ever toured? Is anybody here familiar, been on a tour, been in the building? Awesome. Um, well, and, if just you, and if we haven't, how can we get, get a tour and set up? Or, just let us know. Okay, we'll make it. it available. I'm sure mm -hmm. if we haven't, I know I haven't, and there might be other members here. I know uh, Philip has, so, but. I'm sure some of us would like to, so maybe we can set something up. We'd at love some for point. you to. Thank you. Just a few quick facts. It's located on 762 South First Street. It's 50,000 square feet facility, opened in August of 2020. Um, in terms of the building overview, most of our programs inside the building are advanced manufacturing, machine tool, welding, and information technology. We run classes in the building uh, Monday through Friday. We start as early as 7 a.m. and we end by 10 p.m. Okay, so we we're gonna ask you what AMIT stands for, but our chair already shared that, so we will, um, it stands for Advanced Manufacturing and Information Technology. So I'm gonna take a few minutes to talk about some of the programs that are housed in our Advanced Manufacturing and IT building. As Dr. Wagner said, we have a large space dedicated to industrial maintenance, which is gonna be what some of you all may be familiar with as our KY Fame program is housed there. We'll talk a little bit about that today during our presentation, but this is gonna be the lab where we have all the basic electrical, motor controls, robotics, automation, 
PLCs and things of that nature. So any of our manufacturing companies that have equipment that needs repaired, this is kind of the space where we teach people to do that. We also have our machine tool lab. So this is gonna be where our students learn all things about being a machinist, including lays and mills and CNC, 3D printing, things of that nature. And we also have a welding lab as well, which can be your traditional MIG, TIG, stick welding. Uh, we have about 12 booths there, so kind of significant expansion. So and then our second floor of the AMIT building is dedicated to our information technology, so all of our IT programming. So you're gonna see pathways there in programming, software development, coding, and whatnot. And then you're gonna see on here that we've also mentioned our automotive technology and aviation maintenance. Neither of those programs are housed in the AMIT building, but the programs that are at AMIT used to be at our technical campus at 8th and Chestnut. And when we moved them down to our new AMIT building, it enabled us to have a significant capacity growth for automo uh, automotive and aviation. So I know, uh, Anthony, you were able to come tour our tech and you were able to see our Mercedes-Benz USA lab, which as you probably recall, is a pretty phenomenal lab space. It, it looks pretty amazing. That lab used to be offsite and rented space and that allowed us to bring it back on site. So in our automotive programs, we have Mercedes-Benz, but we also have a very specific Toyota T10 program as well as general automotive. But when we were able to open our AMIT building, it allowed us to do some significant renovations to our tech campus. Our tech campus also has plumbing, HVAC, and additional welding there as well. So you can see kind of significant capacity growth in all programs, which to me are kind of those ripple effects that the AMIT building kind of initiated in some of our other programs. One of the things, Pat, I know you were asking about recruiting. So when you think about these programs, if you were to tour AMIT at any given point, you're gonna see quite a bit of diversity. Jefferson is the most diverse institution of higher ed in Kentucky. And so you'll see a variety of ages, cultures, races uh, inside of our AMIT building. During the day, our FAME program is gonna be the primary resident in our industrial maintenance. You'll see a lot of young talent that we're recruiting out of our secondary schools. So we take quite a bit of effort to go in and make kind of career awareness to our young population. If you think about it, not a lot of young people know what it means to be a, a machinist. And they don't always know what advanced manufacturing includes. So we have significant efforts to go into our high schools and recruit that population. We've also just recently started a new youth apprenticeship program, which many of the programs will be housed at AMIT. And that's gonna be specifically geared towards our high school seniors who right now may be undecided that we'll put them into work-based learning programs. And we'll talk a little bit about some of the success metrics that we see. And I'll go ahead and turn it over to Renee to talk about some of the numbers. So since fall 2020, uh, we've delivered 70 unique courses across 14 subject areas at AMIT. The thing we're most excited about is the pass rate, 89%. Overall at the college is 70, so AMIT is really surpassing. Um, you see 970 students enrolled in a class at the AMIT Center, equating to 2,667 course enrollments and approximately 8,000 credit hours and we awarded 3,506 credentials in the AMIT programs. Um, in both headcount, which is on this slide, you can see the numbers here, um, and the next slide on credentials. Jefferson was steadily increasing our numbers uh, from 2016 until 2020. You guessed it, pandemic changed it all. Uh, but we are now, if you start to look um, beginning in fall 20. Uh, 21, 
in fall, last fall 2022, we are starting to trend upward and uh, we are incorporating strategies uh, to help us increase our numbers so that we can come back up like we were. Um, again, credentials, you'll see kind of the same thing there. I think as you all know, we kind of had a lot of support from our community to lobby and support opening our advanced manufacturing and IT building. And I think as I was a part of that as well as Dr. Wagner, a lot of what we heard is there's not enough people in these programs. The pipeline is fairly dry and we needed to increase that. And this slide talks in particular about some of the wages. So all of the programs that are housed inside the AMIT building are high wage, high demand. I'll kind of spotlight the industrial maintenance. You'll see it's average annual wage is about 59,000. And our KY FAME students, so they're in a two and a half year program, they're employer sponsored, they are going to be working and learning throughout their program. Most of them, if you look at them about two years after graduation, are in about the 70 to 80,000 uh, range. So pretty good wages here, but we wanted to make sure that our advanced manufacturing programs really are turning out graduates that are both in high wage and high demand occupations. And Renee will talk a little bit about headcount by program. So programmatically, if you look at the slide, um, you will notice that CIT uh, is the fastest growing in terms of headcount. It is actually the college's second largest program right behind business administration. Um, part of our success there can be attributed to the uh, success of BIT 502, which is our apprenticeship style work-based learning model program. Uh, but please note that while these numbers may seem small, these are based on credential seeking students. We do have non-credential seeking students who take workforce development courses. This slide is gonna show just some, if you'll go down one, oh, excuse me, sorry. Um, credentials by program, this slide here, you're gonna see that, like Renee mentioned, uh, many of our students are, are earning credentials, and for us, a credential is defined as long-term, it would be a, an associate degree, and then the next shortest to that would be a diploma, but then we also have quite a few certificate programs, and so a certificate could be, for example, an individual would take one welding class, generally about 105 contact hours, and would earn a college credential. So while the previous slide that Renee went over would show that welding had some of the lowest number of students, you'll see that their credentials are quite a bit higher because students can get those kind of embedded credentials, and one of the big benefits of that for our students is that they kind of earn as they go, and you can imagine for many students getting that little bit of success along the way kind of helps motivate them to continue on and, and then ultimately get to where they're at an associate degree. And then this slide um, just highlights just a very few of our partners. Um, we are providing training for both small and large employers in our region. Again, this is just a few, a representative sample, um, but we, um, we're very proud of all of our partnerships. Mm -hmm. And like Renee said, the, the logos here just show a few of the companies that we provide services for. Like Renee said, we have classes running as early as 7 a.m. and as late as 10 p.m. One thing that I think is pretty cool with the employers that we support through AMIT will be a lot of our apprenticeship programs. So employers that are looking to hire an electrician, for example, they may post a job opportunity and 
really don't get a lot of candidates, so they'll decide to do an apprenticeship program where they grow their own. And so many of the students, if you were to tour our campus, will be adults. They won't look like a traditional age student. They may be there coming after work. In almost all cases, they're being paid to be in school. Their employer is solely supporting their tuition, all of their books. So if they're in welding, they're gonna buy all their welding supplies, helmets, hoods, things of that nature. Um, and then in almost all cases, those workforce students will have progressive wages. So the more that they learn, the more that they will earn along the way. I thought I would also point out, as you know, Amit opened in August of 2020 and we were able to outfit it with all of the latest technology and new equipment. But even since we've opened in the short amount of time, we've had, uh, a, we recognize that things need to continue to change. And so we, in our robotics lab, we recognized that there was a need for vision system training, which was not something our robots were outfitted with. So we were able to kind of blend a couple different types of funding, one donation from GE at Appliance Park, plus some of our state funding through trains to upgrade all of our robots. And that was one of those things where an employer came to us and said, this is what we need and can Jefferson deliver them? Because we had the AMIT building, we were able to do that. And at that particular time, GE had one person who was their automation troubleshooter and he was getting a little weary of getting calls at 1 a.m. when the line went down because he was the only person who could troubleshoot the robots. So since then, we've been able to train over 100 technicians. So it's kind of helped build their capacity. But these are just a few of the examples of what you might see in our AMIT building. This slide here highlights a few of our work-based learning programs. So you'll see Waystar, BIT502, KY Fame, and MAPS. I just wanna ask the group, which of these are you familiar with? Have you heard of any of these outside of today? Pat? BIT502. I'm not sure is Waystar, maybe I don't know what Waystar is, but it mm -hmm. seems like that's something I've heard is, what is Waystar? Well, Waystar is a company in downtown Louisville. You've probably seen it on the side of their building. Mm. Um, and they are a technology company mm. and they gave us a generous donation to be able to recruit an underrepresented minority cohort to go through our technology program, which is the IT part of AMIT. And so we were able to hire a success coach who can really hold the students' hands and help them navigate through the process. It's gonna be a work-based learning program, which is where we really see a lot of the success in our programs, and really these four represent kind of work-based learning. And work-based learning for us just means you're probably familiar with a traditional setting where you're in school full-time, you graduate and then you look for employment, and this is where you're working while you're in school, and you're really able to marry the content that you're learning in the classroom with your hands-on work experience, which is really why when Dr. Wagner talked about those pass rates being 89%, they're much higher than our other classes because it, it connects. They're able to really practice what they are learning. So yeah, Waystar Scholars is a great program uh, that they supported a cohort through essentially the BIT 502 program. I think Anthony was familiar with BIT 502. BIT stands for B in Tech in Louisville. So we know based on our, our mayor and other people, we're very interested in growing that technology pathway here in our region and, and bringing employers in and being able to support that type of work. In order to do that, we have to have the qualified talent. So BIT 502 is gonna be another work-based learning, which between BIT 502 and KY Fame, those individuals are gonna be paid full-time but they're only gonna work part-time. And then their other hours are spent in the classroom. So KY Fame, for example, they're gonna be paid five days a week, but they're only gonna be at their place of employment 
three days, and then they'll be on campus two days, but they're paid for the full five. So it kind of supports the student. Really, all of these programs, our students are able to go through debt-free, either through uh, their tuition is paid either by their employer, Evolve 502, Kentucky Work Ready, or other methods, but our students are able to get that work experience from day one and also graduate debt-free. So really, those were some of the things that we wanted to share with you today. We appreciate your time, and we just open it up to any questions you might have for us. Well, great. Well, thank you all for being here, and we do appreciate the presentation. Sounds like you're doing uh, great work, and, and please continue it. If you can just help me, uh, because I know you sort of ran through, I can take a welding class, mm -hmm. but the various, I sort of remember there were going to be certificates, and you, you would come out with like a diploma. I'm, I'm an advanced manufacturer, skilled worker. And so is what is the levels that you have that you offer for uh, the various types of, uh, I guess, either certificates or, uh, I guess, diplomas that, that you can get receive? Is it two year, four year, six months? Can you sort of mm -hmm. so fill that down? Yeah, it's going to be as short as one month, which would be a certificate. Generally, a certificate's only going to be one or two classes. But in many cases in that discipline, that's all that's needed in order to be in a high wage, high demand. So, so for example, welding's a great example. You can take one class. We have many employers who are willing to hire and or sponsor students to go through that. And they're generally making about 25 to $28 an hour with that one class certificate. And that's a college credential that is portable, just like a regular degree, but it's short term. And then you're gonna see diploma programs, which are generally about one year and they're gonna be anywhere around 20 to 30 credit hours, two semesters, and then the longest program that the community college would offer would be an associate degree, and that's gonna generally be about 60 to 65 credit hours, and generally takes about two years if you're going full-time. But something I think worth noting, many of our employers do apprenticeship-style programs, which they just want the skills, so they don't necessarily require them to take English 101, but they need them to be able to fix the robots, do the PLCs, troubleshoot, motor controls, et cetera. Most of the time, employers in that case are looking for about four to eight classes, and they will split it up over about a four-year period because the individuals are working full-time. Does that help? No, that helps a lot. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of maybe workforce-driven. I would I, say 100%. That's what yes. I kind of hear. And because AMIT was so employer-focused, mm -hmm. Um, and they had such a big insight into what we should do and how we should build that campus. We're continuing to kind of listen to them and build programming based on that. And one thing that we didn't mention, you probably think about community college as a traditional spring and fall semester, but because of our workforce solutions department, we're able to start classes throughout the year. So if an employer came to us today, March 7th, and needed to start something next week, we would not have to wait until August which would be the traditional fall semester, we will start classes kind of on demand. And one key outcome of the, of the AMIT building was having the space to be able to do that. Thank you. Uh, next in the queue, we have uh, Councilman Piagentini. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Yeah, I've gotten, I don't think I've gotten a tour of the AMIT building, mm -hmm. but I've gotten a tour of other buildings within JCTC. And as one of the, one of the uh, areas that were mentioned was the Mercedes-Benz mm -hmm. uh, technical training area, for lack of a better term. I think there's a more technical That's right, term. you're good. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but, I mean, I, I was blown away. I mean, literally, you know, multiple models of the most expensive high-end Mercedes that, that you could imagine 
are sitting there on the floor that these students are working on, and they're going right from there once they're completed with their program right into the workforce. Um, it, which is what I want to come back to. I do have a question or two, and maybe a question and recommendation. Uh, first of all, I would argue your average annual wages, I'm looking at the date ranges where you gathered this information, I can guarantee they are higher today uh, because they they stopped in the 19 to 20 timeframe and that's when we saw the most aggressive wage inflation coming after that. Uh, because I'm, I was looking at even, you know, welder, you know, welding technology and, and certainly to your point, I, I think that's the other thing that people should understand. Like, I, I happen to know some people that have gone into welding. That's what you get in a, in a very short, you get to do a very short class, get your certificate, go right in, you can make, you know, in the, the thirty to $40,000 range right out of the gate, you keep moving up and there's levels and technical tests you can take. And I mean, I know guys that, that uh, have gone and started making, you know, 100K in within a year plus of training, uh, welding, right? Now it's more technical. In some cases they had to get security clearance, right? Depending on the type of work they were doing, but um, there's just huge opportunities and just huge demand. My question is, what, what I didn't see here as far as data, which I think would be really helpful, and, and if, if you know what it is, great. If not, um, you know, work it in in the future. But uh, how many people, because this is the other thing, I think it's unlike at least my undergraduate experience. I went through a sort of traditional four-year undergraduate program, and it was like, you're, you know, a couple months, you're going to get your diploma. Good luck to you, right? Uh, go and interview someplace, and, and maybe you get a job, and maybe it's in the field that you studied, and maybe not, right? Uh, whereas here, I would imagine, because of the relationships you have with specific employers, the placement percentages must be very high here. Am I wrong in assuming that? And do you have that type of data? You're correct. About 80% of our students are working in their discipline. Right. Thinking about the technical disciplines, Gen Ed, you're going to see a little bit different, but all the occupations inside Amit and our tech campus, yeah, you're going to see 80% or higher that are already working, right. in many cases before they've even graduated. Right, right, yeah, and, and I think that's an incredibly important message, right? This is not a, you know, this is about as direct to employment, direct to money solution that somebody has for work they want to do. Uh, to, to put food on the table, right, and, and to launch into careers that have huge upsides. Uh, again, I would, I would tell you that even looking at these wages here, I will guarantee it doesn't include overtime, advancement, you know, other opportunities and things like that. So uh, thank you. Yeah, I, I do think that placement information and just getting people, not only, you know, your, your uh, people that are looking to enroll in the program, but also policymakers and others, understanding that it, this is about as direct a feeder program, very high placement rates. Uh, and, and I would argue that I, I'd be blown away. I, I know that it doesn't exist, but U of L or, or any traditional four-year school, and it's no hit on them. I went through that route myself, but uh, their placement rates, particularly if you were to say placement rate in the field that you studied, it's usually not even, you know, if you hit 50%, you're lucky. Uh, so, um, and I know that's even true with law schools, for example. So, uh, you know, when you get to more technical uh, advanced degrees, but well done, really appreciate what JCTC is doing. And, and as far as the workforce needs that we're looking at, whether we're looking at, you know, the, the, the new battery plant that's going up south of us, the, the businesses that are going to branch off of that. Uh, Waystar, for example, you were asking about this, Mr. Chair, 
they're actually a health IT company, and there are other competitors of theirs or similarly situated companies in Louisville. So, you know, even if somebody doesn't graduate from that program, go right into Waystar. I mean, there's uh, Humana is hiring health, health IT people, right? So uh, there's huge opportunities in that sector in this city. But anyway, thank you very much. Looking forward to hearing more about this in the future. Thank you. Thank you. Next up, uh, Councilman Baker. Thank you, Chair. <clears throat> thank you, uh, Dr. Wagner, Dr. Cobb, for being here. Um, if you could, could you speak in general about the demographics as far as, as it pertains to diversity um, in your program and uh, kind of just give us a general makeup? And then also, can you speak to recruitment efforts as it pertains to diversity, equity, inclusion, and for women in these programs as well? Thank you. I'm going to start with the recruitment and then see if Dr. Wagner wants to cover just overall enrollment. But recruitment, we recognize that many of these occupations are predominantly white male. And so we do, within each individual program, strive to target underrepresented minorities. So Waste Our Scholars is a good example where we specifically hired a success coach and recruiter to go out and find underrepresented minorities to participate. IT is another occupation where it's predominantly white male. Another example would be our lineman technician. We do have some governor discretionary funds that are allocated just for our linemen, which is another one of our technical programs that'll pay the full tuition. So I think you're gonna see targeted efforts across the board, but, and, and Dr. Wagner would probably know more than I would on this, but additionally inside the school, we're, we're always working to identify and recruit students of color. Uh, and, and faculty of color as well, because we are the most diverse institution and we want our faculty to look like our student body. So that can sometimes be challenging, but we put in pretty significant efforts to try to match what our student body looks like. And also, any these fields are not traditionally occupied by women as well. Mm -hmm. Are there any recruitments towards that as well that you can expand on as well? Yeah, right now I personally am working on a women in industrial maintenance. Our sister college, which as you know, Jefferson is part of the Kentucky Community and Technical College yes. system. So we have a sister college in Owensboro that has been running their KY Fame program as, as a go female program. And so wh where we stand right now is we're working on employer recruitment to, for them to sponsor females in this program so that the, the individuals would be able to go tuition free or supported by their employer. Uh, but again, we're also recruiting female instructors. So we've been able to bring on a female electrician, a female welder who we grew through our own program. So yeah, I think females are high on our priority list as well. And if you look in, say, KY Fame, for example, you'll probably see, I'm guessing 10% women. Uh, so we definitely know there's an opportunity there. So we're looking to do a full cohort. Kind of same thing in our lineman program. I mentioned URM, but it also includes females because females are not heavily represented in that field. So yeah, significant efforts there to recruit. Lastly, if any of those groups wanted to get in contact with you, I know how we would get in contact with you, but could you just give a, maybe a 30 second on how, for those who are watching, how they would get in contact with you to, to get in those industries? So we have our jefferson.kctcs.edu site. On almost every single page of our website is a request for information. And so they would submit that request also, I mean, I would put my name out there, Nicole.Cobb, N-I-C-O-L-E dot C-O-B-B -B, at kctcs.edu. Would be happy to be someone's point of contact to make sure that they get uh, the attention they need and put in the right place. Thank you. 
Thank, thank you. Uh, Councilman Engel. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thank you for the presentation, ladies. You know, uh, I, I lead a, uh, along with my colleagues in the council here, we, uh, we raise money every year for neighborhood development funds for junior achievement. Um, and they clearly have a success rate uh, is, is incredible for, for those students clearly that, that attend JA, you know, uh, whenever they get that opportunity. Um, and so I'm a big believer in, in seeing, seeing what you have. It's quite the testimonial just by, by, by me looking at this. Um, and so I want to make sure that, and I want to just, if you've mentioned it already, I apologize, but I want to know how, how do we get more people into your facility? How, um, you mentioned high school, but let's face it, I mean, we, people are making, our young people are making decisions, a lot of major decisions in life, sometimes not good, but let's, but then let's focus on the good decisions. They're making decisions on maybe what they want to do when they're much younger than high school. How do we get them to your facility, maybe not in the magnitude of a junior achievement program that we bus third graders you know, all over Jefferson County, but do you have a good feeder program from JC uh, in, a, in a relationship with Jefferson County Public Schools? Yeah, uh, we Jeff. do have a really good relationship with Jefferson County Public Schools. Um, they've had some turnover as we have, so we had a meeting probably it's probably been three to six months ago now where we've met with their um, highest officials. They got to meet me because I was relatively new as well. And so we talked about some different strategies of how we could do that and make sure we have the right people connected to the right people. So we're, we're focusing on like our dual credit efforts and how can we start even before then. So we are working on that. I mean, let's face it, your efforts could mean the difference of landing a major manufacturing company in this community. We've watched in the past where we've lost an airline hub several years ago because our community wasn't, wasn't equipped, it wasn't uh, uh, ready to take on these positions. So you hold a very important position in this community. And so please uh, stay close to this council and this, this Absolutely. the future and whatever we can do uh, to enhance your efforts, please don't hesitate to, uh, to call on us. Thank we you very much, Mr. Will. Chairman. Thank you. We're still battling the idea that community colleges are just a little bit further than high school, so we're still trying to move beyond that. Um, so any word you can help spread us in that direction, we appreciate it. But we are definitely trying to advance our area. We are in um, not just Jefferson County, but Carroll County, Shelby County, Bullitt County. So we're working with all of those uh, school districts to kind of help us as well. well. One last comment. I couldn't. But thanks for thinking regionally. Uh, and not just, you know, ten, five miles apart, five miles away. And, you know, there's people, there, there's those that do not want to go to UK and UofL and the four year. We have got to get, we've got to get to those folks. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, one thing that's come to mind too, and I didn't see them as a partner, but I do know they're making a significant investment just down 65 and it's the whole battery uh, the future of batteries that are seem to be the future of yeah, I saw automotive automotive technology mm -hmm. so I assume at some point we'll be training folks on I don't know uh, I'm not a scientist here but uh, the value of that technology and how it's going and all that all that has to come uh, to make those things possible and all the suppliers and things because I do know I think we had somebody in here two weeks ago or a month ago who is in 
somewhat uh, affiliated with the battery business because they're now going to be producing jobs to help supply or uh, you know make some of the necessary parts for it. And I know with Corvette and Bowling Green, Toyota and Georgetown, now Ford here and there. I just so I'm hoping you'll be also reaching out. I'm sure it's it's always evolving. You 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 described a good example with the vision technology, I assume mm -hmm. at some point you'll be hopefully maybe aligned with these folks to be looking at what they may need and, and especially a workforce that can work on those things. So we do really appreciate, I don't see any additional questions. Um, going once, going twice, no more. Uh, thank you all for being here today and with no further business, uh, we'll meet again in a couple of weeks. Thanks thank so much. All.